What if your life was a dance? What if you could learn to perform it with grace and power? My name is Tudor Alexander, and I want to be your partner as we choreograph the dance of life. Join me as we share in some of the most meaningful life lessons and strategies that I've discovered in my career as a professional athlete and entrepreneur. We'll talk business, transformation, gratitude, and everything in between as we dance our way through life. Together, we'll learn and navigate life's changes and dance to whatever the music is playing. Are you ready? It's time for the dance of life. Today, my guest is a touring musician and songwriting mentor, Maria Stark. How are you, Maria? I'm doing fantastic, Tudor. I'm excited to be here today and to get to connect with you inside of this amazing portal that you're creating. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited, too. We have known each other for quite a long time since, what, like eight (laughs) years old? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The internet is crazy. So, Uh what are you up to, Mario? Let them know about your awesome and amazing life. I mean, I love interviewing people who are just living their passion and transforming the world with their gifts. Mm, Thank you. I'm here living in Santa Cruz, California, where um, I have been working as and living as a touring musician, a singer-songwriter, and I've recently been working as a artist mentor, um, working one-on-one with artists who are wanting to cultivate their offering, whether it's writing their first album or creating their first workshop series, um, working with artist development, as well as teaching songwriting classes online and globally in, in, um, in retreat settings. So I've been doing, doing my thing, working with people, working with soul craft, working with art, for a long time. I've been really blessed that way. I graduated with a degree in music therapy that gave me a lot of experience and skills working in a lot of different settings of how to use music as a way to transform. And, and so it's been a really fun journey to, to apply what I learned in, in therapeutic settings, which is often working with people who've had strokes or children with special needs or people who are dying, um, really a huge wide variety and then bringing that more into um, psyche development and transformational work for, for people who are, again, living their lives and are wanting to evolve. And so how can we use those same principles of, of music, immersive music experience to go into these deep realms of um, our reaching our potential? That's beautiful. I mean, I love, I love what you do. I think music is a powerful tool for experience, for awakening that part of us inside of us that uh, is beyond that thinking brain, you know, it's such a, such a cool thing for, for the work that you do. Obviously it's, it's a very transformative thing, especially with music therapy. That's a, it's very targeted for that. When you decided to kind of branch out into helping other artists succeed and, and find their, their voice, their expression, find themselves a little bit, what motivated that branch as opposed to from, you know, kind of the more academic side of the music therapy and clinical Mm -hmm. setting? You know, when I was in school, I always imagined that I would work with artists, um, that I, that was a vision I've had for a long time. And so what I, what I was excited to get into, I think because artists are, who are actively cultivating their craft are living right at the edge of the dream reality and, and what's, what's concrete reality. And I, and are really like 
inside of trying to grok that and understand that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I saw myself as being, as wanting to both be in my own practice at a level of, of, of integration that I could support other people in that journey of the, of riding the edge. Um, so that was my motivation. I was just, I just knew I was like, this is where I, this is where my edge is. This is where I'm going to be able to support other people. And recently I decided to branch out and, and fully commit to it because I had been working at a school job. I was working with, with children and adults with autism um, but my music career as a touring artist just started to blossom. And so it was, I wasn't able to do b- both anymore, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful gift. So I was like, oh, I, I had to let go of having a job that kept me in one place. And mm-hmm. so the transition really came from a need to be location independent, um, which now I am. I can work online. I can work from everywhere. And now, and the, the exciting thing is, is that I just love working in immersive experiences. So now I get to travel and do week long retreat settings and work with people and go deep and in an intensive environment that feels very, you know, it's womb like it's transformational. We've unplugged from the internet. We've unplugged from our day daily life and we're there completely to in community to break apart and put something else back mm-hmm. together. And, and I live for those moments. I get so Mm, like it, it feeds me. Yeah, there's something so. special about kind of unplugging or taking yourself away from the physical environment that also kind of created your your problems in a sense, you know, just by eliminating yourself. I know even just with working out, like in a totally kind of not unrelated example, but, you know, like now that I have more time at home, it's like it's such a different story for me to go down to the gym at the apartment complex versus like, okay, if I actually physically force myself to go somewhere else different either to study or to work that removal of your environment and changing it is very therapeutic just in and of itself so that's that's really cool awesome and then also yeah and like just writing on that i've been studying inside of different wisdom schools around meditation and and those that's one of the key aspects of doing meditation in a way where you can, where you can stabilize in a new, uh, focus, like level of focus. And it does happen for me, at least. And in the training I've done, when you've really unplugged yourself again from having to tr- keep track of all of the things, because, you know, we're so addicted to our, our phones and our devices. Oh, yeah. And by design, we're getting these dopamine hits and like, like you know, yep. it, it keeps us in a loop. And so when you can unhook yourself from the loop, you, it, it just makes space from all of the noise to find out, Hey, well, what's my frequency? You know, oh, if yeah. I, if my frequency isn't being, uh, isn't always being in response to all of these other points of noise, then I can find a stronger root of my song and then go in and actually be an influencer inside of the noise rather than being influenced by. And so for me, it taking that break is absolutely essential. And again, just like honing, honing my, my craft, honing my, like my piece in the universal song. Mm, Very nice. Very well said. I love it. I love the frequency and, and all that stuff that we're talking about. Well, what is, Here's a question for you regarding this whole topic of this interview. What is in, what does transformation mean to you? Like when you, obviously you are, you know, in that work. So what does it mean to you when you hear that word? When I hear the word transformation, what I 
feel and see and sense and what it, how it, what it means for me in my own life is being able to crack the code mm-hmm. <laughs> on a pattern that was operating in the, in underneath the surface of what I was aware of. And maybe that pattern was, was a, a habit or it was a, a compensation um, strategy mm-hmm. that I developed to survive a certain set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it was effective in one way, but maybe it was keeping me from landing inside of a, a um, coherence in my life that I have been dreaming of. And so once I start to see that, that's the first step of transformation. I was just like, whoa, there's a place that I really want to be. There's a quality of energy that I want to be able to contribute and I'm, I'm over here and there's something in the way. And so just even naming that and noticing it is the first stage of transformation mm. and then being able to actually des- like see the design of beliefs that are in the way of habits that I've created of, um, mm. of, of ways that I skirt around my own essence and then being able to create a container for myself where my nervous system feels safe enough to relax and to feel the things that are maybe underneath some of the compensation patterns so that I can feel more juicy about life. And then I, again, I just have more energy for myself and I tend to feel more balanced and then I have more of my light to contribute. So that's one gauge of transformation, maybe like a transformation cycle that I go through that happens um, cyclically. Like that's a transformation process that I'm regularly inside of noticing a pattern that's keeping me from what I want designing a a container so that pattern can dissolve and die. Like Mm -hmm. I can die well and then rebirth myself well um, uh, in an ongoing way. Give give me an example of the designing a container part. I'm interested in how you articulated that. So what would be a container for a particular situation that would help you let uh, a pattern dissolve? Yeah, well, I think that transformation can happen in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we look at like big life, extreme life right. changes that transform our life. Um, and we have to change just to keep up with the experience and not go crazy. And so, so trying experiences are very transformational. And I, um, but there's a level of transformation that can happen that can like, I, I don't necessarily want to wait for those huge experiences right. to have to change my habits because it tends to be a lot more challenging mm-hmm. if I were a big life obstacle to like crack me open. Like if I'm building up the skills, then I can actually manage m- those big life obstacles with a lot more grace uh, because I have created a space within myself to be able to understand like, Oh, this is one of those times. Um, and so when I say creating a container, cause usually like I'm speaking like big life experiences, like I've lost a partner, I've lost a house, I've lost mm-hmm. a job, all of which have happened for me when I've made, when I was about to make big new decisions towards my essence, you know, towards like leaning towards growth, big mm-hmm. things happen or people die, something like unexpected life crazy. Um, and what helped me in those moments uh, where transformation was the only option, mm. um, was to, what I needed was to create a community of support 
and a practice of, of being able to feel the nuances Mm -hmm. of myself and where the, the, when I say nuances of self, it's like where I could start differentiating between, Hey, well, what's my ego story? You know, what are my ego strategies? What am what, what timeline and like self identity am I hooked into? What am I feeling? How can I create space that I can feel the raw emotional energy that's emerging as a signal to my, my being that something is needing attention Mm. and then what are my real values that are driving things forward and for me to have the bandwidth to actually identify these different parts of my process i need to create a container and for me container is time off unplugged um support a support system having Mm. really strong friendships that can that are tracking my process i have mentors that are tracking my process with me of transformation and doing a really beautiful group work. And like you're saying, like this, or I know the work that you're doing, having like a creative self-expressive process that I can mm-hmm. go into and be like, okay, I can get my yayas out. Here's my movement practice. Mm-hmm. Here's my songwriting practice. Here's my theater practice. So I can just arrange yeah, it out <laughs> in the chaos. Um, but I've created a, a ceremony space. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So there's safety there because we, it's hard. I found for myself, it's hard to fully go into the depth of the feels and the like intensities. Uh, if we don't feel safe, that's why mm-hmm. we have these compensation patterns to begin with is because somewhere inside of us, there's a little one that didn't feel safe to feel all the way. And then we created these, these big sister, big brother psyche archetypes to be like, well, I'm strong and I'll mm-hmm. keep you safe by punching everyone who gets <laughs> near you away. And so we have to. A create a space for that little punchy, punchy one to get all the punchy yayas out and be like, that's good. Punch it out, little one. And then mm. she gets tired. And then the little one that's like, I'm scared. She can be like, yeah, you're scared. It's okay. We pet her. And then, <laughs> and then we like hold her hand. We hold her close and then we dance and it's a little bit easier. That's good. I, I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. It's funny. Actually, you remind me of a, of a workshop I have been starting to, to kind of put together. I haven't got it all worked out, but you, you talked about this inner little one and I wanted to call it the, uh, the art of inner parenting. You know, it's just basically how we, the same thing, how we have these inner child and you, you have to be your own parent. And it's like parent has many functions, it has a nourishing function. It has a disciplining p- function, you know, and learning how to be your own parent basically and, and allow that inner child to be nurtured and also discipline the the bully that's trying to take over and you know punch everybody else out so <laughs> and discipline the bully and like the bully and give her give the bully something to do yeah you give know, her like something the bully, to do like that warrior needs a job like how do yeah. we give that one something really good to do that isn't uh you know like yeah destructive right. into your vision you right. know <laughs> like it's like it's got a voice. Okay, you, you know, we're going to give you this song, this thing over here. I remember seeing a, a, an interview of this monk who was talking about meditation and he was, he was saying that people are overthinking meditation. He's like, you know, it's like your, your mind is like a monkey mind. It's always chatting and, you know, it's just always doing stuff. He's like, you, you can't tell the monkey to shut up, but you can just give it a banana or give it, you know, he's like, here you go, mind, you know, <laughs> do something. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like he was talking about how you can focus on your breathing. It's like you can't clear your mind, but you can, you know, in a sense, fill it with something by having it be totally present. He's like, yeah, just give it a little banana, an orange and say, hey, monkey, here you go. Here's some 
here's something for you to focus on, you know, so. Perfect. <laughs> well, exactly right. here's my next question, Mario. What you can share from a transformational point of view that was one of your most transformative experiences? I'm going to leave this open to you in the sense that you can share it from your own life, from your own experience, or from working with a, a client. So anything that comes to mind, whatever you want to share. I'll share a transformative experience that I had that is recent that has really cracked my process open. I took a class called the Yoniverse, which was a storytelling uh, intensive that was a five-month intensive in Santa Cruz run by Serena Andrea. She's amazing. She's actually leading a big storytelling thing in Tucson at the end of July. Um, and it's a it's her process is taking women through uh, a journey of dis of of creating a story. It's like their own mo vagina monologues. Mm. I'm just calling it the universe monologue. So it's their true life stories of women from the perspective of uh, something deeply personal and intimate. And she coaches them through, she coached us through five months of well, how to tell a good story. Okay, well, how do we move through our resistance to going very deep into truth telling? How do we get out of our victim? How do we process these emotions? So by the time that we tell our story, uh, we have crafted a seven minute story. And that process was absolutely transformational. I couldn't believe how deeply cathartic it was to because all of the you know we, when we have one intense story in our lives it's usually tied into all of these other yeah. stories and so being through that process i had to face all the stories that were unconscious that were operating and keeping me in a state of subtle fear or mm. fear of my power or retraction or, or or closed in my essence and by the time I got to the place where I was comfortable and confident to tell my story, I told it in front of thousands of people. Wow. Um, that, <clears throat> that moment of being witnessed in my vulnerability mm -hmm. from a place of strength inside of my vulnerability was, um, it changed my life. And after that, I actually began the journey of leaving the job that I was at to develop my own creative program that was similar for women, but instead of storytelling, we do songwriting. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it transformed my life so much that I was like, I, I found my calling. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> like, I found my calling and I knew that I had a similar calling to her, which is why I, I took the program, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I had no idea how powerful it was going to be to be held at that level of my creative process by someone else like so it was it was my i was receiving i was in the receiving end of transformational art therapy mm -hmm. or theater therapy storytelling therapy and and then getting to be just like yeah it was it my whole life changed and that was two years ago and i'm deeply part of that community still she's one of my best friends i created a whole album called lineage which i just released which was based on the women's stories that told with me that year. And so all of the songs on that album came from that process and became these women's songs that are part of transformational women's work. And now those songs are being sung around the world at women's retreats and wow. in women's circles. And so it's just been this like amazing thing of like how to, how being vulnerable with other people who are telling their story and going through transformational process, not only like 
activated by my muse and helped me land in my calling, but then provided me with this art process that now is supporting other people doing that globally. So that was extremely transformational. I'm still going through the transformation of that mm-hmm. experience. Um, yeah. That's beautiful, man. Wow. That's, that is incredible. I think storytelling is, it's just how we think, you know, it's how we create our, our experiences of life. I think human beings are naturally wired to tell stories, to pay attention to stories. We're living in an age where people are craving more and more experience. You know, everything is about storytelling. It's, it's funny because one of the, I, I, I also want to write a, a book that relates all the dancing things that I've learned from competing into a, into a six basic bullet points that are related to anything in life. And one of them is storytelling, actually. We talk about how we create stories. You know, it's the same thing, whether it's singing or art or dancing. It's all, you know, being able to take what's inside. And I love how you said when you were witnessed in a moment of vulnerability, because in that moment when we're 100% vulnerable, we are connected to... And, and people are witnessing us, we connect that most inner part of ourselves to the outside. And that bridge, that bridging is very uh, therapeutic. It's very freeing, you know. So, I think to be able to share your story, to share what's ultimately inside to the outside, uh, that is such a transformative aspect. So, thank you for sharing that. That was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with with what has changed, you know, I'm curious always to learn about people's relationships and that doesn't mean like romantic relationships necessarily but over the course of let's say the last 10 years or 15 years that you have been on this path what would you say is different about you to the people that are close to you based on all these transformative changes so how were you let's say 10 15 years ago whatever you know and now after all these changes what has what has transformed and how are people around you perceiving and interacting with you what is their experience that's a great question <laughs> <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot I, yeah that's amazing yeah talk about being vulnerable yeah i know uh, i would say that the people who know me the best that have been my friend for 10 years <laughs> um the things that they would say that I met that we've talked about that I've changed is I've become a lot less anxious. Mm. I used to have a lot more, um, like (laughs) deep fear that I was not gonna give my gift. Like I was very stressed out about (laughs) like, be doing my thing. Like, mm. you know, it's like, I have this thing I have to do it. And I was like, uh, hyper <laughs> vigilant. <laughs> I was just like, I was hyperactive. And so I've super chilled out. I've, I've become, yeah, way, yeah, way less depressed. Mm. I used to have very addictive personality patterns mm. and a lot of those have softened. Um, and I'd say another way, way that I've really, grown through transformational work is that um I had a lot of fear about how I was perceived like I really wanted to be lovable I wanted people to like me I was afraid that everyone thought I was like some terrible dark person and if Mm. they got too close they would see how horrible I was but I also was like don't you see how amazing I am and a lot of that has 
also softened again, just doing this work of, of clearing unconscious cobwebs has provided, given me a lot of space to really love myself and be like, wow, I'm amazing. I don't need other people to know I'm amazing or to mm-hmm. like me or love me. And that has given me a lot of freedom in expressing myself because beforehand I was expressing myself and I wanted, I needed feedback. I needed people to say, Hey, you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was something, there was this like weird shame, guilt, thing I was processing out from that's just childhood woundology. Yeah. And I think it's part of our collective trance that we're in of like, oh, I, there's this weird shame signature in our culture. Mm-hmm. And a lot of transformational work has, has un- been unpacking that. I was like, Hey, this shame and guilt that I carry inside of my mind and in my being isn't mine. Right. This, I, I haven't done anything that I, that I'm, need to carry the weight of the the shame that I have been and anything that I have done that has been outside of my integrity, I can forgive myself for because right. I realize that that was coming from a place of desperation for connection, mm-hmm. for self-value. And in the doing the claiming of my value, all of those strategies fall away. And so there's just a lot more spaciousness in my being. I have more access to my heart. I'm a, I have more availability for, for intimacy and for empathy mm. and for listening and for caring and to nurture. And, um, and so these are some of the major ways that I've grown through the transformation. My relationships are all affected by it. I'd say that my, the biggest way that my relationships are affected is that I'm able to more and more speak with clear care and love and empathy, the things that I most long for Mm. and the things that I'm most available for and have clear boundaries without needing to push people away. Mm. And so that, that level of being able to mourn and grief in real time with the people that are the closest to me without creating it as a reason to dismantle a relationship or have fight it just gives room for authenticity and breath to happen. Yeah. And that a lot more, yeah, capacity for a long-term relationship and closeness and collaboration and, and dreaming together. Hmm. Beautiful. I think that's something that we can all relate to that the shame and guilt part. It's, it's really interesting. I have experienced a lot of that myself and it's, it's funny how every time we discover a new angle to the same little dark ball that's swirling inside of us it's like a new a new release a new transformation you know i i've done a lot of like personal growth seminars that are more let's say language oriented where you're looking at the meaning and things like that stories that you tell yourself and recently this year i got introduced to emotions which is sounds totally stupid but it's like <laughs> just the power of observing your emotions more from an emotional point of view and specifically with shame and guilt. I'm like, holy smokes. Like, I started realizing all the times when I would be triggered or just like how you said with with caring about other people's opinion and, you know, just little mini awkward transactions in social life where I felt like I did something wrong or, you know, I was I was ashamed all the time. I'm like, holy smokes, this, this emotion is like really deeply rooted. It's just everywhere. And, and you start to observe it. And just by observing it, how... Uh, how freeing it can be just to just to not give it the power. It's like, oh, okay, that's just I'm being, you know, needlessly ashamed again. So it's it's interesting how how they have so many different tools to 
kind of attack the same problem and every time it's a new layer to the onion that we unravel. So I can definitely relate. The work of cultivating a language of emotional literacy Mm. is that hasn't been demonstrated in our cultural, like in the center of gravity of our culture at large. Mm. And so I think it's part of an emergent uh, maturity and development that is happening that the, the, the further we go along in our human development, which is so we have, we're like living longer lives. We're having a lot of our base needs met. And so we have for the first time more, um, <clears throat> it's like, we have the time and space as a society or we're, we're growing in that way. This is my prayer. At least my vision is that like, we're having more and more time and space to go into more nuanced understanding and clearing out again, like this, this sort of inherited guilt and shame mm-hmm. and fear. That's just like systemic. It's epigenetic trauma of our ancestors clearing that and being like, Hey, what do I value? What do I feel? What do I love? Like I, I have the privilege. I have the space. I have more and more. Um, <clears throat> yeah. What is it? It's this we're like, safe now. We we just, a... we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're growing mm-hmm. as a, and, and as a, as a species yeah. to define and articulate these, these layers of emotional literacy. And that, that by naming them, <clears throat> we have the capacity to to move through them, and so mm-hmm. that then now we're not co- like co-opted by them, or it, it's not a personal identification. We can actually allow energy to move through us again, doing this higher level energy work. We're just like, oh, I'm a part of a a movement, and allowing things mm-hmm. to move through us it creates this more dexterity and more. Um, resilience and again a space for more energy to move through our lives Mm. Uh, but if we don't again if like we're still packing all this like these hard places of un like unsorted tangled knots um then it's hard for energy to move through us yeah beautiful very very well said i love the song that you just spoke there maria Very nice. Crawl upon my face. Yes. There you go. Speak it. (laughs) Well, here's a question about your creative process. You know, we we all, especially in the kind of work that we do that's transformative, it is very rewarding and we want to create as many of those moments as possible. But as you and I were joking, uh, and we've just experienced this interview with all the internet fangled things and and audio issues and all these mundane little demons that are always attacking our creative flow how do you how do you deal with the mundane how do you handle the mundane and keep yourself in that transformative possibility minded state the creative generative you know vibration how do you keep yourself there with humor with humor <laughs> it's good humor. to laugh yeah because it's you know if we take if we take the troubleshooting process personally like if we take entropy personally right we will be destroyed by it and entropy is designed to destroy and, and create like entropy is this powerful force we can't get away from it 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 creates everything mm. and destroys everything and so when we catch ourselves in a 
in a whirlpool of the, like a, we're in a loop of entropy forces and we're like, and we make it about us. We're like, this means that I'm going to fail at everything I do. Then that is truth. Mm -hmm. That that will absolutely be true. But if we, if we find ourselves in an entropy loop, we're like, Oh, look at this incredible force of nature Mm. that is expressing itself as the destructive ray in this moment. It's just one of the colors of the, (laughs) of the force of entropy. Ha ha. (laughs) Here we are again. It's a, it's, it's constant. It's, it keeps coming to bite us. You know, it's like creative creativity, like the creative life force is surging through everything at, at all times, you know, and like sometimes it, there is this bustle and it's just like blooming into beauty. And we're like, Oh, it's a peak experience. We're like, man. And, and we're, we're, we're driven by that. The, the fire in our hearts are like, yes, let's, let's have every moment be the blooming awesome of creativity, but we're not keeping track usually of like, again, how energy will push through. And then on the sides of everything, everything's dying and decaying, mm. being destroyed in that process. So, I think just the a real um like again just like walking with death with the energy of death with as our friend mm-hmm. as our as our when you walk with death as your brother then then when it shows up it's just like oh yes this again thank you mm. <laughs> yeah keep what is it like keep death close as an ally or something like that it's some quote i remember yeah, keep death close. Just like, be, how can we die well? How can we prepare ourselves to die in every moment? Mm. This is part of like the the Tibetan teachings. It's like not pushing death away, but keeping knowing that death is going to happen. So when we're in the energy of death, or or that which is just in process, where it feels frustrating, it's on the way to breakthrough, or it feels like oh, everything's just being destroyed. When we can ride that energy again without making it personal, it's mm-hmm. not about us being bad. It's like you know our frustration to that energy. It is our frustration. It's like the part of ourselves that are still afraid of dying, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or just hasn't, hasn't accepted that part of life. You know, mm-hmm. that's my relationship to it at this point. So now when it comes, it's just like, oh yes, this is, yeah, things are constantly moving towards, towards death and life. And, and this is one stage of that process that, that we can't get away from. Mm-hmm. It's mundane. It's mundane. Every, everyday death. <laughs> yeah. I I totally agree with you. There's a there's an old saying, "Memento mori," remember death. And uh, I actually, <laughs> random fact, but I I used to draw like really morbid things when I was a kid for some reason. I remember your drawings? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you were drawing all kinds of cool dragons. Oh yeah, and- there's some weird. Oh, yeah. So I I dug up a bunch of it because I had a a huge ass portfolio that I you know, whatever, just lugging around. I'm like, all right, I'm going to scan all this stuff and put it in digital form. And I kept a few, like, really good drawings. And one of them was, like, my favorite drawing of all time that I ever drew. It was in school. And it was, like, with pen and, like, watercolor. It was, like, all over, you know, everywhere. Really cool. And it was, it was a picture of Charon, which is, like, the, you know, the guide that takes you across the, the river of death or whatever. <laughs> and he's sitting on this chair. And it's it's pretty pretty grim. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep this and frame it. And put it in my office to to give me a memento mori 
like relic, like a remember death, because I, it's so funny. You, know, you, you and I are on a lot of the same pages. You've been speaking to a lot of the things that I've experienced in the last year or so, especially when you talk about death and every moment dying. It's like we, we are constantly dying. We're constantly in this process of death and rebirth. And it's, it's like just movement from one thing to another. And just because something is dying, that means that something else is being created. So it's like you said, don't get caught up in the whirlpool, but, but be outside of that movement and just, you know, just be, just be patient and see where, where it's going to go. And humor is, is a great way to, <laughs> to cure. Cure yourself of of those personal involvements in in the whirlpool, <laughs> uh-huh. and knowing that it's not impermanent. Too. Yeah, like, it's, it's impermanent. Like, exactly. Death, like, it's not always going to be messed up this way. It's like right. humans figure out how this is all human design. Like yep. it's good. It has it has faults. It's faulty. It's going to fall apart, and people have figured out how to fix it. Yep. We're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, especially you, for artists out there that are like wanting to, or like people who are really wanting to like do the transformational work, but they keep running up against a block. It's like, yes, keep going. Mm. Like sit inside of it. Like sit, how uncomfortable is it to be, feel this block? Like, can you, can we embrace how uncomfortable it is? Mm. Because that discomfort is the medicine. Like that has the energy. Like and when we resist the discomfort, that's when we're going to keep bumping against and, and seemingly not be able to move through mm. the other side to the other side. Very true. What do you think for people is the, well, let me put it this way. How can people create more transformative moments in their life and in the areas that are important to them? What do you, what do you think? Can you say that again? Yeah. What do you think? regarding transformation for people, how can they create more of it in their life? If they're looking to transform, what is, what is something that they need to pay attention to or do in their life on a regular basis? Anything that you feel would be a good, good way to sum it up, put it in an umbrella that they need to do. Like one thing. I mean, obviously there's many, but (laughs) the one thing that I would say is how can we, that the, the, the moments of, of everyday transformation come with how deeply can I feel the nuance of my breath? Mm. Like how deeply can I feel this breath right now and really feel what it's doing? I'm inhaling like things. I'm inhaling something that's coming from out there and bringing it into me. It comes all the way down. It comes, it, it, it moves through my diaphragm. It moves through my pelvic floor. My lungs fill up. My whole body is massaged by this invisible quality that's out of, <laughs> outside of me. And then I exhale that. And then that is a pulse that I'm inside of hundreds of times a day. Wow. Like how amazing that is. I got to breathe and what how- you're breathing, man. That sounds good. <laughs> Like that, that level of simplicity, like, can I, can I do that six times a day? Mm. Can I do that one time a day? Can I breathe with that much presence and awareness and awe, like beginner's mind of like, whoa. And, you know, even focusing on the breath with that love, with that quality of bringing the mind fully connecting to it, inspiration, inspiring 
Can I be inspired by the moment? Mm. Inspire as means I, to bring in in the air. Yeah, yeah. as I in, inspire, can I be inspired by this moment of inspiration mm. and just allow my my whole being to oxygenate fully? Can I come alive and just even slowing down our breath for a minute, for five minutes, can calm the mind. It can it can re- bring about relaxation. It can um, reduce anxiety and it can allow us that break from the spell of shallow breathing. You know, mm. like I've just got to breathe in this habituated way to get through the day. I'm just like, well, wait a minute. What if I just, what if I engage 10% deeper in my presence in this moment of breath? That's, that's beautiful. I love it, man. You got to record that. We should, we should make a little recording of that breath narration. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right, everybody. On sale, $9.99, Maria's website. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you grateful for most right now, Maria? I'm grateful to have a life right now where this is what I get to pontificate on. (laughs) Yeah. I get to wax poetic every day on these subjects and allow myself to be amused by the 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 aspects of life that are the the most curious to me um i'm grateful for that that i found a way to to ride the river of inspiration mm. as my journey as the thing that i wake up to do and that i follow through with and i'm grateful for my willingness to follow through mm. I'm willing for this amazing support that I have in my life to be able to do what I love. My amazing friends and partners and mentors. I'm, I'm inspired and grateful for all of the art and collaboration that I'm doing right now. I'm so grateful for the album that I'm making. That is that I get to just, I'm making the art of my dreams right now with the collaborators that are my favorites. And this is a good life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm grateful that I have a a, a body that's that can that works uh, the way that it was designed to. I'm grateful to have a body that I have the the health and and maturity at this point to strengthen to take care of. Grateful for my family. <laughs> so grateful. That's good. I always like to ask that at the end of the show. You know, it's a it's an important part of life to be grateful and get yeah. get in tune with that. Well, where can they find out more information about you? What's uh, what's this new album about? Where can they get some more info about you? Check out your stuff. Yeah, I have a website, uh, maria-stark.com. Maria is spelled M-A-R-Y-A. I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan out there, but it's Arya Stark with an M. That's Ooh, my birth name. Nice. George R. Martin got it for me, maybe. And um, <laughs> so Maria Stark, I have a new album called Lineage that just came out. Um, that is an album that is steeped in the, in the womb healing and women's mysteries. I have a children's album out. I have some pop albums, pop folk albums out. I've got a bunch of music out there in the world. You can find me on Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, iTunes, all the places where music is. You can find me there. And if you're a, a female out there and you're interested in learning more about the, uh, the song of your womb, you know, what songs are living inside of you, you can come check out my website and 
and see if you want to jump into my online songwriting course where we work with women's health and look at women's cycles and apply all of that juju to developing our songwriting and our voice. That's beautiful. Awesome. Well, that concludes our interview on what is transformation with my guest, Maria Stark. She is a songwriting mentor and touring musician. So tune in every Friday where I host conversations with some amazing people about their journey towards living a life full out and transforming the world around them. I hope that this episode has contributed to your own journey. If you know anybody who would benefit from today's show, share it with them. You never know what difference it will make on the path toward living their life purpose. Thank you for supporting the show and helping me create a resource for people to empower themselves in creating a life that they love. And thank you again, Maria. This was an awesome, awesome interview. Thank you for sharing your song with everybody. <laughs> Yay, Tudor. So great to see you and connect with you again. Love what you're doing and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll stay in touch. Thank you, Maria. You're listening to the Dance of Life podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. Join me weekly as I discuss my most meaningful life lessons and strategies on entrepreneurship, transformation, gratitude, and how to dance your way through life. For the latest content and bonus material, make sure you get subscribed using your favorite listening platform. And if you like today's episode or want to contribute to a future episode, share your ideas and keep the conversation going at danceoflife.com. And remember, life is short so you might as well learn to dance your way through it. Until next time, I'm Tudor Alexander, and this is The Dance of Life. <laughs>